I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, I actually don't have anything special for you today. I'm kind of bummed. I was like, this was, this is a, a pretty, it was a pretty chill day, but... How about, to... how about the Mavs, Mavs GG, the 2K League draft was yesterday. <laughs> We should add Eddie Seth go on to talk about it. Um, <laughs> he and his adjectives. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's cool that you brought that up. I forgot about that. I was, um, yeah, today was the second NBA 2K League draft. Uh, last year, I had a lot of responsibilities with that and uh, covering the team. And they actually sent me, the Mavs sent me to New York City. That was super cool. And I watched one of these uh, matches, weekends uh, in, in uh, the Big Apple and, uh, yeah, and I got to know a lot. I got to know the players. I was with them every week uh, last year during the season. So, but then they overhauled the whole team, and uh, they only brought back dimes. So, I'm super pumped for them. They're super pumped for this whole kind of restructure. They fired a coach and got a new coach, and um, really got a new GM basically uh, because a guy named Roger left also. So, really, honestly, dimes is pretty much the only guy returning from all of last year's. Yeah. Oh, like team squad. front office yeah. coaching yes team and everything but mark cuban is still the owner <laughs> yes yes and uh but dimes is awesome man if y'all ever uh maybe we can get him on the podcast sometime he's number one overall pick in the in the draft last year and uh he's back again this year he's an awesome guy fun to cover and uh he's just a blast to talk to yeah, and if you guys don't understand, if you're new to the podcast or if you're new to you know NBA and all that, if you're just joining us, I know we've got a lot of you know overseas listeners and everything. The 2K League was something that started. They play NBA 2K, the video game, <laughs> and it, guys, they get uh, the players don't have ratings. They're all kind of just the same rated player. They get these they get these things called archetypes. You have two different basically characteristics of a player. So you know, like a playmaking, you know, sharpshooter, something like that, or like a slashing. Uh, rebounder or like a rim protecting rebounder or like a pure sharpshooter you know things like that They're just different characteristics that they can attribute to their players and they have five different positions obviously so each player plays each uh 2k player plays a certain position and then they have six players on the team five play at once and then you have one alternate or one sub one guy on the bench and so you know mavs mavs gg is the mavs 2k league team and they had six players last year, and only one of them returned this this season. That's Dimes, who he was just talking about. So they re overhauled. They basically rehauled their entire team, and so they drafted a whole new team today. It's gonna be very interesting looking. Can at you? That. Ma- so we'll talk about that for sure this summer. They play this summer. They, I think they start in May, and so we'll. Uh, or I think actually they start in April. They moved it up this this year. So we'll talk about that briefly throughout this this podcast. It's not going to be a huge thing throughout the summer, but we'll talk about it. And so that's what that's what the whole thing is. Can you imagine if the if uh, the actual NBA? First off, this league is part of the NBA. So yes, if the it's a division the, essentially of the NBA. 
Yeah, if the NBA had the same offseason guidelines as this. So they went into the offseason after the first season and said, each yeah. team, you have to, uh, you can return two players from your team. Yeah, you can, you can save a couple players. Then there's an expansion draft because they added the yes. 2K League added four teams this year. And so if the NBA added, you know, two teams, or if, or if the, what if the, uh, the worst four teams in the NBA do like an expansion draft and they get to pick from that, that would actually help regulate the talent and move players around more and it would stop some teams from tanking would it because if well, you're one of the bottom okay, they four could, they then could you could save do... yeah never yeah, mind if you're in the bottom thinking... four then you would draft from other players that don't get saved so you could get your choice of some role players around the league that's true interesting did you just think of a, a solution to this an expansion a type of expansion draft but then, like bill simmons how... <laughs> we should pitch that to bill for his next <laughs> mailbag so, all right. Well, today on the podcast, what we're going to talk about, not the 2K League draft, uh, which, by the way, Chiquita Evans, the first ever female player drafted for the 2K League, the first player, the first female player ever to play yeah, in the 2K League. Awesome. Pretty awesome. That's some history going on um, today in the 2K League draft. So that's pretty awesome to see that. Um, and then Haza Hurst, who played on the, on Mavs GG Harry! last year. Harry! was the he was the last pick in the draft today. He was also the last pick in the draft last year <laughs> by the Mavs. Harry talks so much crap, and he do- <laughs> he talks so much crap in the games, and so many people. Uh, but people have a lot of respect. Anyway, I'm glad he's back in the league. Yeah, he's uh, he's from the UK. I think he's the only player in the U- from the UK, right? Possibly, I, I feel don't like know. he is. There wasn't a ton of international players taken this time around. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I just thought that was pretty funny. Today on the podcast, what we're going to talk about is we'll talk about Isaac Jalen Brunson piece. He had a really big, really long Jalen Brunson piece, very in-depth, <laughs> lots of quotes from Rick Carlisle, Tony Ronzoni, the director of player personnel. Uh, also, Fran Fraschilla's son, who's one of the coaches at Villanova, Matt Fraschilla, was was quoted in there. Lots, a quote from Jalen Brunson himself. So there's just lots of different things in that piece. It's huge. So go check it out on maps.com. Uh, and if – Many of you haven't been to Mavs.com. The way that you find like Isaac's pieces and stuff is you go under the news tab. It's uh, not the most intuitive website. So you go to the Mavs.com, hit the news tab. You're going to find it buried under some random pieces here and there. But uh, it's a really good Jalen Brunson piece. I thought you did a good job on it. Yeah, thank you. I uh, spent a decent amount of time on this. It was uh, over 3,000 words. So I had a lot of fun with it. But uh, these are the type of stories I like to, uh, I like to do. And Jalen... As I talked about in the piece, not every second round is like Jalen Brunson, and not only like him uh, with character and maturity, but his uh, the amount of playing time he's gotten this year. It's just something you don't see for second round picks, and not just the playing time, but he's been playing really well, and he, I, he's proving in what kind of the basis of the piece was, and the title of it is this draft is uh, viewed from the outside as the Luka Doncic draft. And I get it, and that makes sense. But from the inside, and from the inside organization, yeah, it is true. Uh, But from the inside, it is the Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson draft, and that they're both two building blocks moving forward of the future. And obviously, Luka's the builder, the bigger building block. But Jalen's not just a second-round pick just thrown in there. The value of getting a rotation player and a potential starter in the second round is probably worth more than getting Luka at the, the third pick. I mean, it's just it's crazy, uh, and they didn't give up a pick to to move up and draft him. They took him. They had a first round grade on him, like you mentioned in the piece, like Michael Finley said. Michael Finley also quoted in the in your piece, 
But uh, they didn't have to trade anything. They didn't have to give anything up. They just took their second-round pick that they had and got Jalen Brunson, got a rotation player, didn't have to give up anything for him. And uh, it's it's the value for a player like that and the player that he's become. There's it's uh, Everybody speaks very highly of him no matter where you go. And it's also it's also interesting to see all these players that have that their parents played in the NBA, their dad played in the NBA. We're just seeing all of them become these solid pros. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Isn't wasn't Donovan Mitchell, I think, also was his dad played in the NBA. Kobe Bryant, I guess, was a guy his dad played in the NBA. Uh, you just go on and on and on. Tim Hardaway Jr., guy on, on the Mavericks, his dad played in the NBA. There's just all these guys have just become these solid pros because they have the experience already. Yeah, and, and that's what you know, they're that's a huge part of uh, Jalen's life is uh, Rick Brunson, his dad. And, you know, this piece is already kind of longer, but so I, I didn't want to dive too much down into that. But Ronzoni talked about that. And I thought it was really interesting that yeah. he mentioned, he's like, I coached his, <laughs> I coached his, his dad overseas. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he was such a hard worker. He was a fringe NBA guy that had to fight for his, uh, just to stay in the league and how Jalen kind of has that and how he's been around NBA people his entire life. And, I mean, it, you see a common theme in the piece, and that's why I wanted to get multiple perspectives of from his days at Villanova and what Ronzoni and them think about him and Finley and them, that this kid is not a kid. He is a leader, and he is this leadership quality that you hear talked about a lot, in, especially right now in the NBA. Uh, Kyrie's you know, is brought this leadership trait to the spotlight, kind of, of how he wanted the leadership trait and now he's in Boston or the leadership role. Now he's in Boston and I don't know how good of a leader he is. (laughs) And it's kind of proven that not everybody has that leadership quality about them. And it's okay. Obviously Kyrie is an amazing player. Not everybody has that trait and Jalen has that. He led that squad on on the comeback at the, uh, at Rucker park though. Like he led that squad on the comeback, (laughs) but he's in that documentary. Did you, you watch that documentary this summer where he led that comeback? He doesn't want the cameras or spotlight or anything. (laughs) And uh, but you know you know one of my favorite one of my favorite quotes from from this whole piece was from Jalen himself, and I was asking about his leadership and just I love this quote from him. this is direct from Jalen. He goes, "I think with my character and the things I can do from a leader standpoint is a big part of good teams." He said, "Good teams always have that guy, no matter if he is the top guy or not. There is a guy who on that team that keeps everybody together." And I love that quote from him because, yeah, and it's just he knows that on good teams, on championship teams, every team has a couple of guys like that, that you can rely on them. Carlos calls him in the piece. He says, these kind of characteristics are really important when you are in a rebuild. And finding guys like this when you're in a rebuild that can hold the team together, that can run a second unit, whether he starts or whether he fills in that, we think, that future J.J. Barrett role off the bench, that he can run the system. You could trust him. And I, I just, I, I love his demeanor and how he carries himself is amazing. Uh, yeah, he is, a, he, he is the definition of a steal. And you, I mean, he is a steal at 33. I put a bunch of stats in there as far as where is he, where he ranks, not only with, with second round picks, because there's only a few second round picks that are really even getting minutes or stats or anything. But I put a, some of his stats up against a lot of, rookies in general this whole rookie class and i mean you have to ask yourself when some of these draft picks some of those you know second half of the first round picks what you know if they regret making you know making those picks like i'd take him over aaron holiday right now i know aaron holiday's good but like 
would the Pacers rather have Brunson come playoff time? Like that's the type of stuff where there's some, he's a first round talent, but I have one more thing about the piece. If, unless you got something. Yeah, no, let's take a quick break. You give one more thing about the piece. And then afterwards we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of our under the radar free agent targets for the summer. All right, Isaac. So one more thing about your Jalen Brunson piece, and then let's move on to these free agent targets. All right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive too much into this, but over the past couple of years, uh, there there have been a um, with college coaches coming to the league, different teams have put out their flyers into different. We saw Brad Stevens make the jump. We saw um, um, trying to think of re, here recently. Was there anybody Billy since Brad Stevens? Okay, Billy Billy Donovan. Yeah, uh, we see these uh, these coaches make the make the leap to the NBA. And we've seen different names linked to different NBA teams over the years. And, you know, when I was talking to Tony Ronzoni in the Mavs front office and stuff, and I thought it was really interesting, the the emphasis they talked about, he talked about Jay Wright. And Jay Wright was one of those names over the past couple of years that was linked to the Suns. And the Suns were really going after him. And after he won those titles, I mean, you win two titles in three years in college, NBA teams are going to be calling. And they were calling, and he said, you know, I'm staying at Villanova. That's the situation for me. And uh, it's just, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, Ron Zoni talking about the relationship that they have with Jay Wright, going back to their, their Team USA days and coaching him at Team or I mean, coaching with him at Team USA and how him and Donnie are tight with Jay Wright, how he uses ball handlers in his system at Villanova. He's obviously and you know Brunson guy and all that stuff, and them talking to them and how he their relationship since they were so close with Jay Wright, their relationship and intel they got from him about Brunson played a huge factor in to them you know taking him in the second round. So you know, yeah, there you go. They they're they're buddies with Jay Wright. They like Jay Wright. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. Interesting. All right. Let's uh let's get through let's get to some of these uh free agents. So let's just play a game real quick, and I'll go through all of them. And if there's any interesting ones, I'll I'll uh mark it and then we'll come back and talk about them. So let's just play this rapid fire. I'll go through a name of unrestricted free agents this summer, and you tell me if you're interested in them or not. If you're the Mavericks, ooh, I'm ready. You're kind of considering money, so you're considering what kind of contract they're gonna take. Um, so like a guy. Uh, you know, it might be for the minimum. You're like, okay, yeah, you know, obviously interested in that guy, but a guy that might command a little bit more of the salary cap, consider that as well. So this is not, this does does take that into consideration. All so right. when I say yes or no, I'm saying basically yes or no, and I'm thinking basically what I think they'll get this offseason. Yes, you're taking that into consideration if there's an interest. Yeah. All right, Bojan Bogdanovich from the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Yeah, stepped in, kind of an interesting, uh, you know, scoring guy. That could, he unrestricted. He's unrestricted free agent this summer. A lo- Ooh, most, that's sneaky. A lot of Minnesota or a, Minnesota, a lot of Indiana is uh, unrestricted. They, they're going to be. They have a lot. Of oh, free I forgot agents. their whole. Their basically whole team is unrestricted. Danny Green. Oh, you know that. JJ Redick. Tougher. Uh, Tougher. It's tough because. I like Bojan and Danny Green's defense. Uh, that kind of, that goes right with like they're going rapid fire. Yeah, I and I I, I think JJ Reddick costs more money and 
him and Luca in the same lineup, mm, I don't know. That's defensive nightmare a little bit. Reggie Bullock. Oh, yeah. Patrick yeah. Beverly. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. If you yeah, haven't I seen the video of Patrick Beverly from the other night, that, it's pretty funny. I don't think they uh, – yeah. Well, anyway. we know Don. We know Don is banished from the arena, so he's not gonna have a problem with that. Alfred Rucamino, the chief, coming back. Yeah, yeah, sign me up. Okay, we did. Well, this. okay, I, I say sign me up. You're interested. Is he a little redundant to Finney Smith? Yes. Well, okay, if you had Very. to pick between the two, which would which would you want? Finney Smith's probably gonna be cheaper, right? Is he? Yeah. He's younger. How much younger? How much younger, Nick? Um, I'm going rapid fire. I'm going. We'll go back through these. We'll go back through these a little bit more. Okay, I'll take Finney Smith. Yeah, we did him, this but... already, so I'll just let you. You get to pick one: Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris. Uh, Marcus. <laughs> Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez. Brooke. Definitely interested in Brooke. Uh, Terrence Ross. I'd be interested in Robin Lopez too, though. If they want to play Porzingis at the four, uh, Terrence Ross, sure. Interesting. I'm not the I'm not the I'm not the biggest biggest fan of Terrence Ross, but I mean I would take him for cheap. It it yeah okay. Keep Dwayne Dedman. No. Mike Scott. No. The NBA player, Ed Davis. Uh yeah, Ed Davis for sure. Thad Young. Yeah, yeah. Jermichael Green. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Not this year, but last year we had a board bet that uh, <laughs> that Jermichael Green would average more points and rebounds combined than Dirk would, and I won because <laughs> I picked yeah. I picked Jermichael. <laughs> but it wasn't – I don't think you won by a ton. No, though. it was real close. It was real, yeah. real close down the stretch. <laughs> but that was really funny. So Jermichael Green will always be that guy that <laughs> – Yes, that I'll hate on. Nikola Mirotic. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah for sure, Trevor Ariza. <sighs> tougher I say of, tougher because of I money. Say, you just don't know. Yeah, I say yes because I'm like, what kind of freaking contracts he gonna get? He got 15 million from the Phoenix. Um, I ain't paying him 15 million, but if he he wants to roll in at like six, sign me up. Justin Holiday. Uh yeah, hanging out yeah. in Memphis right now. Jeremy Lamb. Oh. It's a bunch of random unrestricted guys this summer. Yeah, there are. Uh, I'll lean no. And this is all from Basketball Insider, so if any of these are wrong, let me know. So. Yeah, I'll lean no on that. Iman Shumpert. <laughs> and before you, okay, this is the first one we'll dive into. All right, before you laugh and make jokes about Iman Shumpert, Iman Shumpert was crucial to the Kings in breeding their culture. Oh, the here we Kings go. culture this season. Is this a new video for you? No, I already did this video. I did this video on, on Chopper. No, on the Kings. I broke down oh. the Kings. This was like two or three weeks ago on, on Dawkins. So if you can go find my video on the Sacramento Kings, Deer and Fox. When they lost Iman Shumpert, they were sad. <laughs> like the the play the Kings players loved Iman Shumpert. And he was he was always like the rah-rah spark plug off the bench. He started a bunch for them. He shot like 36% from three in Sacramento. It was it was decent. He's coming back. He's still kind of that that athlete defender kind of three and D sort of guy. Now in Cleveland, after LeBron left, it was just kind of like 
like honestly, yeah. I had no idea where Amon Shumpert was last season. <laughs> I had no idea where he was, but I would definitely be interested in bringing him to the Mavericks because of that culture, the culture changing kind of guy that he can be, and that you know just you can play him a couple different positions. He can hit it. He can hit a spot up three. He can you know do things like that. And I think that's why the Rockets brought him in. Yeah. When I'm when I'm thinking about fitting fitting the Mavericks, you got with these, especially these random like I say random, but these uh these role players that you were going through, uh, I kind of ask myself, I'm I'm pitching them against other Mavericks on the team. Like right. when you say Dwayne Dedman, I'm thinking about Dwight Powell, and I'm like, which one do I rather have? Or I'm thinking about Salah at the minimum. Would I rather have Dedman for like? Five million a year, or would I rather have Salah on the minimum? I'd, I'd lean towards Salah. You know? I'd rather have Devin. Uh, he shoots the three. Well, hold on. Yeah. Salah shoots the three now. So. Hey, I was going to say, Salah, don't you take that away Dwayne Devin was on my list the other day that I tweeted of uh, catch and shoot, you know, seven footers that, that shoot really well from, from catch and shoot. I think he was like 30-something percent catch and shoot three. Okay. I mean, I, like, I wouldn't be upset about it, but uh, I kind of hope we get somebody else uh, front court-wise. But... Um, but go so, back to Shumpert. What's your what's your hold up on Shumpert? No, no, no. I don't have a huge hold up with Shumpert. My my whole thing is: would I rather have Amon Shumpert or would I rather have uh, Justin Holiday? I'd rather have Justin Holiday, and I feel like because he's cheaper and he, yeah, I don't have their numbers in front of me. I feel like he's a better th- shooter than than Shumpert, but I know he's younger than Shumpert. So I'm on the Shump Island. Or the shump. Hold on, hold on. Let me redo that. I'm on the shump hump. That's that's where I am. I'm on the shump hump. I'm that's such a weird saying. <laughs> well, it's like a hill, a hump. My <laughs> lovely lady. No, no. <laughs> and it rhymes. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I'd bring him in over Justin Holiday for me. Okay. That's, yeah. That's just, I mean, he's he's probably a better defender than Justin Holiday. So yeah, but what I was saying is. We need wings, and we need wings who can shoot. So that's why a lot of these guys that I'm saying, yes, Danny Green, uh, yes, Iman Shumpert. If 3 and D guys, I know that every team in the league wants them, but Dallas really, really wants them. So uh, any of these 3 and D guys that, especially with Luka, and he's never going to be you know, Kawhi on defense, you need to surround him with these Danny Green uh, type of guys that can play defense and hit the three at a high clip. Let's go back to Al Farouk Amino, the chief. Yeah. Two years older than Dorian Fiddy Smith. Wow. He's just two years older than Dorian. Him? Dorian's going to be 26 in May. Yeah. I thought Aminu was like 30 for some Cause reason. Cause Dorian spent five years in college pretty much. Right. Cause he spent, yeah. Spent one year. What was the first college you went to? Like West Virginia or something. And then he was, was like three Virginia years Tech, at I think. Something like that. And he had that gap year in between those, so yeah, he's he was in college a while, so he's he's older as a young player, which is weird to say, but yeah, but I thought Aminu was older. I thought he was like thirty. He's twenty eight. He'll be twenty nine in September. Okay, okay, so and that's closer. Shooting like thirty six percent from three in Portland. Uh, my my biggest difference between two is uh, Dodo can play the three, and I think Aminu's kind of. Um, planted his roots down into that four spot right now. No, so. he's just starting there. You can play Aminu at three. I mean, I guess so. He hasn't played any minutes at three this year, according oh, to Basketball okay. Reference. But but I still think you can but, play him there. It's just the way that that Portland is set up with their personnel. And he wouldn't be bad uh, as a four next to next to Porzingis either. No, yeah, that's a, that's a sneaky like small ball lineup you can throw out there. Yeah. 
Okay, so we talked about Aminu. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll cycle through some of the rest of these and uh, discuss them further. All right, Isaac, so going back through, um, we kind of talked a little bit about Trevor Reza. What do you think about the Nikola Mirotic signing? It'd be really interesting. I feel like you'd have to commit some more money to him. It'd probably be like a $10 million something a year, and that's that's a lot for the Mavericks to commit to him. So you'd really have to buy into the idea of Mirotic fitting next to Borzingis and probably starting next to Borzingis. Yeah, so here's here's the deal. Dallas is gonna chase these, you know, they're gonna chase these big names. Yeah. And if you land one of the big names, then there's all your cap, right? And you're going to, you know, just fill in the blanks with minimum guys and stuff like that. If they don't land one of the big guys, then you have this basic thirty million to play with. And what turns into from like a Kevin Durant one type of player, and then surrounded him with the guys that you're bringing back turns into hey how can we use this 30 million to bring in two to three guys and at that which isn't you know bad at all i mean this is this is awesome so what would it look like and i'm just throwing these two guys because they play on the same team and we really stand for brogdon a lot but like instead of getting like one big player what would be what would happen if you got brogdon and miritich and added them to luca and porzingis stuff like that or brogdon and miritich and brooke lopez (laughs) and you just create milwaukee of the west Uh, but no, yeah, I like Meritich because, uh, especially you, you only get, bring Meritich in if Porzingis is going to play the five, obviously. Yeah. And, um, because you can never have enough shooting around, around Luca and you having those three in, in your starting lineup, that does give you a little bit of flexibility to where if you do put somebody like Dorian Finney Smith, that uh, even though his shot has improved, it's, he's not, you know, JJ Redick, it, you know, it takes a little bit pressure off of having like two guys. Yeah, if you have three three shooters that are that caliber, and Miritich is a really, really good three-point shooter, you have the advantage of adding a guy to your team that's not that good of a three-point shooter. Like you can add somebody else to him. How, how many teams in that scenario, how many teams across the league could say they're four and five shoot better percentage from three than they're two and three? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Towns, Towns is better than Wiggins for sure. But who's their... Who's there for? Taj Gibson and uh, <laughs> Gibson can hit a corner three now. <laughs> <laughs> but like if they were trotted out Luca, Tim Hardaway, Finney Smith, Miritich, and Porzingis, um, I think Miritich would shoot a higher percentage than Hardaway. But <laughs> but but in that scenario, everybody can hit a three. You know, yeah. I mean, is Finney Smith you know keeps improving in that? So yeah, I'd definitely be interested in Miritich. And yeah, I would I would give him ten a year. Thad Young, I think, is going back to Indiana. He just kind of seems like he's found his spot there. Uh, but he's like an under-the-radar glue guy that just does a whole – there's that hilarious yeah. graphic from last year about how there's only, you know, like LeBron and these superstar players that have averaged a certain um, a certain percentage like across the board of like points, rebounds, steals, three-point percentage, something like that. Let's see. Thad Young is going to be 31 in June. Okay. So it's you're kind of making a play for a couple years. He's uh, he's, he's in that Aminu uh, like mold too. Of that's going to be your four uh, in these like small lineups with with Porzingis and stuff. Yeah, he he came into the league. He was playing a lot of three, but now he's just pretty much solely a four. Um, so you'd have to you'd have to stick yeah. Porzingis at the five at that point. But an interesting, that's what we're so glue guy. 
Yeah, that that's why that's the one intriguing thing that none of us will know. I mean, every all of us can speculate and have fun and talk about free agents and um, podcasts and stories and all this stuff. None of us will know what their ultimate plan is with Porzingis at the four or five until we see who they're chasing uh, in free agency. Yeah, because like if they go after Brook Lopez, we know that they want to play Porzingis at four. Exactly, exactly. But if they go after an Aminu or a Thad Young or something like that, you're like, okay, they view Porzingis as a five. That, that's where it makes you know this speculation fun because there's multiple routes they can take. Uh, a couple minutes left, a couple other guys. Um, I have a few names I'm going to throw at you, bigger names, but keep going. Let's do the bigger names on a different pod. We have, we have a whole bunch of time. Okay, okay, okay. This, so. um, Reggie Bullock. This is a name that, that hasn't been thrown out, I feel like, at all. But Reggie Bullock came in, and he's like – the Lakers only good three-point shooter right now <laughs> it's pretty wild but he can hit he can hit a shot moving he can hit a shot off a of screen obviously he's a, a scrappy defender um he's coming in and let's see he's shooting 37 percent for the Lakers from three right now he's shooting 38 percent from three with Detroit uh, and just he's just a good three-point shooter that there's a guy that I think that the Mavericks should definitely target yeah I like uh how old's Bullock now is he like 27 28 26 in 11 days okay so he is 27 <laughs> now uh obviously i i'm gonna say i love bullock because he's a tar heel uh but i will I say this realize that. <laughs> I, I will i will say this uh when bullock came out of the uh, of chapel hill it was like it was kind of surprising like he didn't just kill it at Chapel Hill. He didn't kill it for Carolina. And then when he like declared and stayed in the draft and everything, I'm like, Oh my gosh, bro. Like, what are you doing? And so he stayed and, you know, he kind of bounced around a little bit. You know, he was in Detroit. I forget where I he, like was he was at. with the Clippers for a while. I always yes, had him he was targeted as like an under the radar, like young guy. And I was like, Oh man, this guy could be interesting. He was with them for two years. Yes. He was with the Clippers. And, uh, but yeah, so I, he is the type of flyer guy. He, him, Justin Holiday, those are like two wing guys that shoot the three that, you know, if you have some money uh, left over to throw at some guys, you can never have enough <laughs> six, six, seven, or six, six, the six, nine guys on your roster who can hit a three. Somebody's going to clip that just one part where you stumbled and said, you can never have enough. You can never have enough. No, never have enough. And then you said six, but you didn't really say six. Oh. <laughs> Somebody clipped that one part and sent it to us because I'm pretty sure you said sex. Here we go. Every single time that we say <laughs> clip it, multiple people send us clips. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, that is a guy we didn't talk about a lot, but he is like, he is what's keeping the pace what's he shooting from right three right now he's shooting 42 percent from three right now oh my gosh he's averaging bro. 17 and a half points a game he's uh you know playing 31 minutes he's uh he doesn't assist a lot but he's just he's a scorer he's just a guaranteed bucket getter he's like yeah he's like if luca didn't pass and was slower that's pretty much what boyan bogdanovich is in my opinion <laughs> shot the three better He's a he's a scrappy player, and just yeah, as a role player, you couldn't ask for much more than I'm just I'm really curious on how much money he's gonna get. It's gonna be very interesting. And he the Mavericks shoots, also don't have a player from Bosnia, so can you imagine if they got him and then they pulled off to Dragic? Just letting y'all know, <laughs> we we were we were really early on that Dragic uh, 
uh, that Dragic train of that situation in Dallas and all that stuff. But anyway, um, can you imagine if they got both of them? People would really uh, and make one of the jokes. Hernan Gomez. By the way, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez in Charlotte. He's non guaranteed next year, and you never know with their cap situation what, what's oh. going on with them. So yeah, he he'll be a math. <laughs> Just all of them. Just bring. You got to check them all off the list. <laughs> yeah, Bogdanovich is an interesting. He's an interesting case. But then if you if you get him, you have to pay him a certain amount. Then you're just you're going all in on offense, and you just you're going to be this crazy juggernaut offensive team that cannot stop anybody. That's true. That's true. I think he's an underrated defender, though. He's not like a black hole on defense. I actually have a, a, a deep dive. Oh, speaking of somebody who shoots really good, uh, wouldn't you want to be a black hole on defense? Wouldn't that be a good thing? You just suck people into your vortex. <laughs> That's kind of what Giannis is, man. He just, <laughs> people just like fly into his area and he swats the ball away. Nick has watched so much Giannis tape over oh the past. Gosh, my eyes twitching. Twenty four so hours. Um, what if they brought back Seth Curry? Is he a free agent this summer? Yeah. Are you sure? At least hoops hype salary says so. Mm. All these all these sites are controlled by like one person, and so <laughs> it's hard to trust it. Definitely bring back Seth Curry. They could use Seth Curry this year. Yeah, they like could use Seth Curry and thing. Doug if they could bring back both those guys. That those. Oh guys. man, I miss Doug. Don't man, Doug McDermott. I I do miss Doug. Not hey, for Ricky that money Rubio's that he got a... paid. And, and, you know. Bullcrap. He only makes like seven million. Doug McDermott. You want to play Doug McDermott seven million? Hey, God, pay him seven mil. No, I'm okay. Oh, my gosh. We want to start going through players that make seven mil? Get out of here. This campaign makes seven mil? Let me check. Uh, Ricky Rubio is a free agent next year. Yeah, that one's interesting. I'm not super into it, though. No, I'm not uh, super into it either. We didn't mention it. What do you think about the Pau Gasol thing? Oh, it's very interesting because it does give them the one thing they don't have, and that's somebody with, with playoff championship experience. They don't have anybody on their roster, really, that, that's experienced. They don't have any like end-of-the-bench old guy, and that's the end-of-the-bench old guy. But they have a guy named DJ Wilson that Bucks fans love that was kind of like their Dwight Powell, where at the beginning of the season they hated him, and they're like, why is this guy getting so many minutes? But he's this energy, grabs these huge boards, and is their energy big guy that sets good picks and stuff like that. And so – if if Pau Gasol is going to get more minutes than DJ Wilson, it's going to be that's going to be interesting going forward. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in on DJ Wilson, but I I thought I found he it wouldn't very play the playoffs probably, but I found it very interesting from the Spurs side that yeah that he got it's an that, it's another one of those players that seemed like he didn't want to be there and well it, it was like he it's like the Spurs were in the bottom of the West or something. Like they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, it's weird and to see they, a playoff team buy somebody out. <laughs> buy out a veteran to go join another playoff team. I know it's a different conference, but still. When did they sign him uh, to that deal? Remember that deal everybody was saying, oh, my gosh, how did they get Pau Gasol to this? I can't remember. But, yeah, I just uh, I thought that was really interesting that it was almost like San Antonio knew or – which I mean, they have Bud connections, like Bud and Pop and yeah, all that the, stuff. You know that you know there's probably a conversation that took place of, hey man, what would it take if you know, we could get Powell on our team and and all that stuff? But um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was weird if this, if that signaled of San Antonio saying, you know what, we might just bow out of this uh, playoff thing right now. Yeah, they signed Powell to this crazy deal. This is two thousand. This is the summer of two thousand sixteen. 
They signed him to like 15, 15 mil a year for three years or four years. Huh. Yeah, it was a three-year, like, 40-something million-dollar contract, and everybody was just saying, what the heck? What is going on? Why did they sign Pow to this huge deal? And then they just bought him out. Yeah, that's weird. weird. I will tell you one that you didn't mention, and I'm sad. Oh. Boban. Oh, see, yeah, I'm not into Boban. He's got to stay with Tobias. Oh, get out of here. Bring him here. Would you rather have Boban or Salah? Or okay. both. That's hard. <laughs> well, no, not both. Can we get Boban uh, and Salah on the same team? Okay, I lean towards Salah because we like Salah and he's good buddies with Luca. So, that but would be, Boban would be, be funny. Boban would be a, a blast to cover. Yeah. See that? Then you're now you're just being selfish as a you know somebody that covers the team. <laughs> That's true. Hey, did you know Dwight <laughs> Dwight Howard has a player option? <laughs> Dwight, Dwight Howard's picking that up. All right, there you go. That's some under the rated, under the radar targets. We'll talk about a lot more. Uh, we'll talk about a lot more names throughout the the rest of this season and through the off season. So there's names like Julius Randle that is a player option. There's restricted free agents like Rogier and Willie Colley Stein. We'll talk about those, and obviously we'll talk about the big names: Demarcus, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, all those guys. We'll talk about those guys more. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.